Well, hello, my fellow Crips and Walkers. Welcome back to Handy Schlaft. Today, we have a special guest named Justin Yoder, who, back in the mid to late 90s, was the first wheelchair kid to compete in the All-American Soapbox Derby. Some of you may remember his story from the 2000 Disney Channel movie Miracle in Lane 2, starring Frankie Muniz. Today, you get to hear the real story from the real Justin himself. Coming right up on Handy Schlapped. All right, well, here we are with the one and only Justin Yoder. He is known as being one of, if not the first, disabled kid to be involved and the soapbox derby racing back in the mid to late 90s. And um, if you're familiar with growing up watching the Disney Channel, you may know his story in the 2000 film Miracle in Lane 2, starring Frankie Muniz. And that film spoke a lot to me way back then. And so really, it is such a pleasure to sit here with Justin himself and just talk about his life and without further ado i'm just gonna chat with him right here so mr justin such a pleasure how are you doing my friend good morning uh, i am doing pretty good uh, thanks for having me on i really really appreciate it yeah man no problem and it really is just great to have you on the podcast just to sit down and chat and just talk about life talk about whatever so, man, what are you up to? What's going on with you? <laughs> Not a whole lot. I am getting old. Um, it's so <laughs> depressing when, when you know, I do, the, more, the more and more I do these and the later in life that I do them, like 2000 was almost 20 years. I know. Oh, my and gosh. And like, so the people that who, quote, unquote, recognize me, are like adults in their 30s, you know, late, mid to tw mid 20s, early 30s. It's like, whoa. And like kids, the, the kids who I think would like the movie are like, you the Disney Channel, like that's babies. It's like, whoa, whoa, hold on now. But so, um, what else am I up to? Not a whole lot. I mean, I'm living the adult life, which is fun. Get up, work, go to sleep. Get up, work, go to sleep. Um, you you live yeah. the dream now. Oh, for sure, for sure. Man, so but you're also you also have one of the greatest jobs in the world. Apparently, you're an uncle. Yes, I it is the greatest job in the world. I have. Uh, Three nephews, one niece, and two unknown genders on the way. My sister-in-law is having twins. Yeah, that's so great. Congratulations to you guys again on that. Yeah, so I'm that's, pretty... That's quite a handful already with nieces and nephews. Um, again, I only have one, and he right there is a handful just coming over with um my sister and my brother-in-law but overall he's a pretty well-behaved kid and 
he wears out my mom and dad yeah. I'll tell you that but that's a good sign you know he's in that really fun right. phase where it's like between two and four he'll be four actually in like oh yeah months. yep the fun nice phase. yeah that's a great time it's so interesting having so i have three my two nephews and a niece that are here in the area and they're ages nine seven and five and it's just interesting to and depressing to see the nine-year-old he's definitely i mean he, he's a kid now and he goes to school and he has friends and uncle justin isn't as exciting anymore you know he's like oh <laughs> <You're huh. always. laughs> yeah yeah i'm right i'm all right i'm all news so that's just hmm interesting where the five-year-old still you know runs up to you and wants to sit on your lap and wants to talk your off and wants to you know so just interesting to age <laughs> yeah and i love that when um they just come up to you and just they do that because like for a while i thought that would be kind of a struggle you know like when you when you think about you're thinking about kids you think about being really physical and being like right no know, like, for sure yeah like earlier that was always like a worry for me um but my yeah, nephew is for sure so good at adapting to that it's amazing how much well. kids change and adapt to that and try to interact with you in different ways it's funny and a, a little sad but my nephews are definitely my kin i mean they definitely have my blood because they like video games well we can play video games no problem oh, um, yeah but but at the same time i feel a little bit bad that whenever they come over that's kind of like all we do whereas when they go to their grandma and grandpa's they're learning about this and that and going to that place and going to this place and going to, you know, it's much more highly educational than just sitting in front Ooh, of the TV. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. But, I mean, we still have fun. I mean, they're definitely yeah. my, my, they have my, they have my blood. They like to play video games. They like computer games. They, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So they got, they inherited your wild side. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly call me a wild truck. No, all right, if you say so, man. No, I've seen not. videos. <laughs> You've seen one video. Right. One very, one, one very exaggerated video. No, um, do you have a family of your own? I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm married. I've been married for close to nine years. Right nine years, yeah, nine years in October. Um, yep, her name's Stephanie. I met her at college. Right on, congratulations, you guys, on nine years in October. Right. My parents are also in October. Oh, nice. What day? The first. Oh, okay, right. Yep, we're the 15th. And so, halfway. Awesome, man. Yep. So, uh, like me and a lot of other people, as I was saying in the beginning, um, your t uh, TV film on Disney Channel came out at a really good time when those type of stories were being released and just resonating with people. 
on a deeper right. level that you don't see much on right. there anymore. We'll come back to right. that in a little bit. But you know, I just wanna, I wanna hear your story. Man, what's your side of the story on how all of that happened in the 90s with you wanting to win something and how that all went down and in your yeah. family life? And when I think you, well, you kind of said it all. No. Anyway, let me start at the beginning. Yes, sir. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I come from, I mean, I come from a, my family is very outgoing and very, I mean, you know, sports and that kind of stuff are, we're very competitive. Let's just put it that way. Insanely competitive. So, I mean, when my brother, my older brother, he's a soccer player. He plays soccer. He was very good at soccer. And that's what dad, I think, dad, I mean, that's what we did. As a, you know, that's what they did with him. They play sports. Fine. You know, and so when I came around, um, I think I and my parents were just trying to, you know, find a place for me to fit in. Because I do have that competitive drive. I'm, I'm competitive by nature. I mean, by DNA. Um, and it was just a struggle to find something that I could, quote, truly compete in because I was someone who, yes, I would play adaptive sports for little kids, but those were always for fun. <laughs> and I didn't necessarily yeah, want exactly. to play. Same here. For, for, for fun, I wanted to play the beat your butt and kick your butt. And then my parents, I guess, just by happenstance, were, were sharing that with their Sunday school class and one of them said, hey, I have something in my garage I want to see. And lo and behold, it was so box derby cars. And then after that, the rest is just sort of history. I mean, we saw the cars. I was really excited. And like, as far as I know, my parents were on board. And as far as I know, um, you know, we just kind of went from there. Now, I do know, after a few years, after I grew up, my parents told me that like, there was definitely some pushback from Soapbox Derby itself saying, no, wait, you know, we can't race because it just goes the XYZ, we have rules. So, and I don't know those, I don't know those details because right. it's for my parents, they can and they were just, oh, yeah, fine, let's do it, you know. Yeah, I didn't know. And so anyway, so that's kind of the very short of it. If you want to know how the movie came along, the movie came along kind of because um, I'm just fortunate enough that at my church, there's two gentlemen who own a pretty small, um, theater company here in the area and i'm and kind of it's a story but but i mean so they wrote a, a script you know they approached their parents and they wrote a script that i believe was supposed to be from the stage and just like a stage play almost but then they kind of just started to think bigger and better and I think that it was originally supposed to be like an NBC Monday Night movie, 
mm-hmm. they have those. Um, that's what they, they originally tried to sell it to, but that, I don't know, fell through, didn't work. And lo and behold, Disney was, like you said, at the time, timing was just great. They were, Disney was showing inspirational sports movies. Yes. You know, so Disney was like, oh, yeah, we'll take that. So that's how it came about, kind of. <laughs> right on. And so yeah, I was kind of reading up on some of the details and... So, uh, um, screenwriters, they share your faith background. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of collaborate, and that's how the writing process came about. As you were saying, yeah. they kind of approached you about it from your church. And yeah. Family. Yep, very much so. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, God had a plan. And yeah, they just happened to be there. And, you know, thought it was a cute idea. That was a good idea. Made a great story and wrote a script. And yeah, we were. Yeah, it was nice to have them have the same faith as us and the same idea. You know, they, I knew they weren't going to go off and write some R-rated, you know, yeah, <laughs> big, big Hollywood block, you know, blockbuster. Um, Disney gets it. The producers that they basically do like. All right, Justin, this is our version of your story. That new kid, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, is going to play you. And we're going to make God a NASCAR driver. That's your story. Um, no, no. Uh-huh. They, in my opinion, again, you know, I'm not deep in Hollywood. I don't know what I mean. But they were very, I mean, they were decent at saying, okay, Joel uh, Hoffman and Don Yost, yeah. those are the two writers who wrote the book script originally. I mean, they did a very good job as far as Hollywood goes, saying, no, okay, this is the script. This is how we want it. We want it to have faith. We want it to have. I mean, I I, we were very impressed with this thing. They were not. That they kept what we, what the major themes, that's how I like to describe it. The major themes in that movie boy in a wheelchair, really, really wants to win a trophy from a, from a sports family who has faith, gets involved in a sport. Yeah, man, I'm just as impressed with that as you are. So they were pretty authentic and honest with how they wanted to do it. So they, they kept a lot with the faith aspect and everything. That is yep. so cool. Like, man. Right. Because we were really concern, concerned. We were, con- we were very interested to see how a national, you know, uh, big company is going to put faith on TV. Mm-hmm. So like I you know I get a lot of I get razzed for do you really think God's a race car driver? Well, no, but I mean, <laughs> how el- how else are you gonna portray God in a nationally televised way that isn't quote unquote 
you know, offensive or weird or right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And and fun for kids. I mean, you know, it's fun for kids to see a race car. I don't know, but so so good for them for keeping it fake, but also making it quote okay for national attention. Yeah, exactly. Like um, in retrospect, I think it works really well like um they're showing the right aspect while also making it make sense in the mind of a 12 year old boy well i was just gonna say the same thing i mean who's to say that little kids don't see god as a basketball player who's a star and wants you know they want to be like him and they you know so yeah i think they did fine right like I'm but from yes. Wisconsin, so around here, that would be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, jeez. Anyway, that's yes. too bad. Oh, wow. Okay, this. <laughs> that's, unfor- that's unfortunate. <laughs> wow, thanks, bro. <laughs> no problem. No um, problem. Yeah, that was my question for you. It's like the same thing you get a lot over the years. Like, did you really imagine God as an NASCAR driver? It's like, yeah. in a way, yeah, no. it makes sense. Yeah, well, right. It made sense to the movie, but like, I have to chuckle and be like, no, I mean, no. Me at 33 years old does not think God is a NASCAR driver. Right, exactly. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, they hit a lot of really good beats in the film and telling your story on how um, a wheelchair kid coming from an all sports family and the competitiveness and your drive to compete, to mm-hmm. be the guy that everyone cheers for, to quote the film, the guy who gets the trophy. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. And, That's um, great. great. What do you think they captured the most, like the story or the, your spirit? Or, you know, like films can be all over the place, but... What did they yeah, really yeah, yeah, nail yeah, yeah. for you? I mean, like, I, I think I alluded to this before, but yeah, the spirit. I mean, you know, here's a kid from a sports family, wants, really wants to win a trophy, really yeah. wants to feed in. And, and, you know, that's like, it's like, the bear, you know, like anything, a lot of people compare, you know, it's the skeleton. They kept the skeleton. But yeah. the meat and the bones and the muscles and all that, or I'm sorry, the bone, excuse me, the muscles and the, all that stuff, okay, yeah, they played around with us. Um, which I'm totally fine with. I always tell people, too, that, like, if they actually took the real story and did it exactly how it happened, that movie would be so boring and so <laughs> long. Like, it would it would not be fun, you know. So mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta do that. You gotta make it a mm-hmm. little bit of a lie. Or not a lie, but I mean a little bit exaggerated. In the film, that is, you were the winner of the '96 or so nationals. So what what did they change in the film from your story? Yeah, see, here comes the Disney dust. That's a lie. I never won nationals. I, the day I win nationals is the day I start walking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it would be. 
I mean, that would be incredible to a nationalist. But anyway, um, I am so sorry. I forgot your question. No, you're good. I forget everything. You're good. Uh, what did they change, I suppose? Oh, well, so, I mean, they obviously changed that I won nationals. They didn't, Disney didn't want to have, they actually thought about having me lose nationals and having me realize that, so in the movie, I, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, my competitor at nationals, her father is insanely strict and insanely, you have to win, you know, you have to. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was originally written that I do lose on purpose because I come to realize that, wait, I have a family who loves me and who accepts me whether or not I win or not. So then I throw the race and I let her win. But Disney was like, yeah, no, we want him to win. So I wasn't going to argue. I wasn't going to argue with that. I think, yeah, I want to win. Mm-hmm. See, there's like there's like competitive nature coming through. But yeah, heck yeah, I wanted to win. So I think that's the biggest change. It's probably the most quote disappointing. Mm-hmm. Now, is that um, based on what you're saying? Is that the ending? Um, did you want the original ending, or did you, or do you like the the movie ending that you win? Well, it's weird because like. Duh. As as you mature and as you grow up, your your uh, your wants change. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. So as a child, yeah, I wanted to win. Why in the world are you gonna have me lose? That right. doesn't make any sense. Um, I didn't care about morals or anything like that. Um, but you know, I mean. Would it have been a good um, story and a good moral that, you know, that, hey, I'm happy because my family loves me and there's no pressure on me mm-hmm. because my family is, you know, they're going to love me no matter what. Whereas my competitor her, in the movie, you know, her dad's just a jerk. And if she loses, mm-hmm. he's going to get really upset. So anyway, um, so I guess to answer your question, back then, I mean, oh no, I had to win. I mean, yeah, you have to win. But uh, now, what if that made a good moral? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm still happy I won. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> In another world. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. That's very true. Man. I like that. I like that you're honest about that. And that would have been interesting, but like, you know, right. Disney magic and um and all that. Um, that's really cool on how that came about. And you know, yeah, and I guess just to, just to add on to that real quick, I was yeah. just gonna say. So everything that Disney did change made sense. You know what I mean? Like yes. they didn't they didn't put anything in or take something out that you're like, why in the like? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so I mean, it made sense why they did that. Yeah, it does. I really like that, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, the story just feels right in that regard. 
Uh-huh. Like, you know, when I think about, um, you know, both of us being um, wheelchair kids growing up and wanting to do the same things, even if it's sports as other kids did at the time, um, that can be, that's rough when you're a kid in a wheelchair and you live in an environment that's all about you know, physical activity and you see mm-hmm. your friends doing all that, even your family doing all that. And I can create some very interesting dynamics in families. Mm-hmm. And the way, I, what I like about the movie and, um, and what you're telling me and um, in your, because you're very authentic. I appreciate that. Thank you. And, oh, um, of course. Absolutely. And they really captured that dynamic between two brothers, especially when you're a sibling that has, well, a sibling with special needs. Because okay. that, re- that creates a lot of emotional complications yeah. and conflict. I think, right. I think that, like, um, I don't know how to say it clearly necessarily, but, like, don't think that we got along all the time and we loved each other all. We were brothers, man. We fought. We, you know, we're brothers. Like, mm-hmm. that's what you do as children. But I think as far as my disability goes, I mean, I give all the credit to my parents. You know, they did a great job of making my brother understand that I'm different and, you know, mm-hmm. That's gonna and that's gonna affect him too, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that's actually a side of the story. I don't know how do I say, it? but yeah, I just want to make it clear that we were brothers. We we fought, we argued, we we hated each other at times. That's good. You should. We nor- and we, <laughs> right, right, uh, right. I mean, <laughs> from again, from my view, our relationship was totally normal. I mean, we were, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So here's another Disney best. A little, you know, behind the scenes mm-hmm. information. So at the end of the movie, you know, where Seth comes, comes, um, well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but anyway, <laughs> where, Seth co- where Seth comes and he just says, you know, that really, something really, really nice and really, really about how I'm his hero, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that never happened. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, no. But, but what did happen and was very memorable for me mm-hmm. was, um, see, I know I'm not going to remember it because I said that. But uh, I think it was when I was at Nationals in 1997 or 8. Um, all he said, all he said was, don't forget to go for the bananas. Now, for any of those, for any of you who have played the, um, I think it's N64 game, Donkey Kong, or Diddy Kong Racing. Okay, okay, you, yeah. Played Diddy Kong Racing, mm-hmm. you know that if you go for the bananas, you go faster. Yes, right, that's right. See, so, so just that tiny, any, any, any bit of thing, Disney blew up to be a pretty, 
heart-wrenching, major, beautiful speech. Mm-hmm. Both have the same effect. Both have the same awe moment. One is way shorter than the other. But anyway, so I'm pretty sure that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you imagine if they kept that line and the setup is all the same? Like the, the music is all the same, the camera shots all the same, the directing huh. for Seth was all the same. Just Instead that, of saying, like, win or lose, you're my hero, it's slow motion. Just that one sentence. Just, just says, that one sentence. Don't forget the bananas. And he walks yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> go, go for the bananas. And you, have a bunch of going, <laughs> you have a bunch of kids going, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> that would be great. Oh my goodness. And then it's funny too, because at the time when he said that, I immediately knew what he meant. You know, I mean, I mean, it meant something to me. I immediately knew. Exactly. Oh, yeah. It's like your anyway. language. It's like, I got you, Seth. Right. Thank you. Yeah, right, 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 yeah. And, of course, no one these days knows who Diddy Kong is. Mm-hmm. Did Seth always kind of have what the film portrays with that? Like, Seth was always, like, really worried about you. And in the film, he had to go to therapy because he was so worried about things. And you got that big emotional scene that just really stuck with people when oh, you guys were uh, fighting. And um, you're like, yelling, you did it. You messed up my steering. And Seth's like, yep. um, you know why I go to therapy, Justin? Because I'm sick of all the hassle. And I'm sick of you. And you're like, so get a lobotomy. I hate you. I wish you were dead. We're dead. Very good. Wow. You've got the, wow. How many times have you seen the movie? My I goodness. can't count a lot. When I was really little, I, I, I was a big like driving, racing That's, kind of person back then. I oh, never nice. did so back to okay. I grew up in a Pentecostal church and I was in a club called Royal Rangers. It's like church boy scouts. We didn't do soapbox huh. derby. We did Pinewood derbies. Pinewood, yep. That's... That, that was as close as I got, man. It's the same thing, just smaller. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah, so I've seen that movie. So just, I mean, even then, it's just that kind of scene. Because you don't see that with mm-hmm. like kids' movies. It's like, wow. But like, mm-hmm. I like it because, or I mean, you, you have to tell me how it went down or like how they emphasize that. But like, because I grew up with two older sisters. Yeah. I'm the baby of the family. Uh, nice. I'm a little nice. busy. And, you know, um, sometimes when you're the disabled child or when you look at it from the sibling's side, there is that little bit of conflict with the siblings because when you have the disabled child, a lot of the attention goes on them. And yeah, oh, for sure. For absolutely. sure. Oh, my word. I just, I just felt <laughs> his pain from Seth from... Sometimes I would feel that right. with my own siblings. Or like if they oh, felt like okay. they were mad when they were growing up that I always had the attention. I think a yeah. lot of people yeah, 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 yeah. That. It was that kind of thing. So I don't know. What do you think from the, from how that went yeah. down? And Oh, yeah. I can just hear my brother complaining and complaining. Yeah, complaining. Just about how much attention I got. I mean, yeah. I just hear him, which... He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. Um, but interesting, that particular scene for me has a bunch of, again, if you want some behind the scenes footage. So 
I don't necessarily know the details about my brother, but I know like when I was born, I think my parents made him go or he decided to go to like a therapist just to, I guess just to, you know, talk about me. Not because he was struggling, but, but like because I was new to the family and I'm different and now life's going to change. I think. I think that's how the story went. But so he did, when he was very, very little, you know, not a big deal at all, I don't think. Right. But, you know, they just wanted my parents, good for them, wanted him to know that your little brother is different, blah, 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 blah. Are you okay with that? You know, so I think it was more, uh, if I remember right, it was more a preemptive, this is Okay, you now you have a little brother. Life's going to change. Anyway, so I really don't know that much about that side of things. But so, I mean, yeah, it did actually kind of happen. Two, um, my, when I, my first soapbox derby car that I built, or me and my dad built, actually did get the harness wires crossed. If I turned right, I went left. If I turned left, I went right. Lo and behold, it was dad that made the mistake, not my brother. My brother did not do it. But it did actually happen, which is pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't hit a mailbox. Almost hit a stop sign, but didn't hit a mailbox. Was there really, was your neighbor really a guy like old man Vic? Like a grumpy neighbor that... Old Man Vic, for me, Old Man Vic is a fascinating character. Mm -hmm. Fascinating character because he is a combination of, oh gosh, one, two, three, one, two, three, three, maybe four real people. So growing up, we had a neighbor who was a, he was a nice man, but he was kind of a recluse, kind of. And he was always the person who watched out for everybody else in the neighborhood. As in, like, watched out saying, like, hey, you come on my property or, you know, you go on this person's property, watch out. Right. <laughs> you know, you know. <laughs> so, so, so just, uh, just, just uh, he was a nice, nice man. But just a little different, you know, just a little, you didn't go on this property without asking. You, you should ask. So that's where that comes from. Um, then then his, um, his name, Old Man Vic, well, um, the gentleman who I talked about earlier in my parents' Sunday school class who had so much derby cars in his garage. Yes. His name, his name is Vic. Okay. Um, Okay, so then I also truly happened to meet somebody with a 58 Corvette, and I did happen to kind of hustle votes for him one time at one of his car shows, and he ended up winning, or he ended up getting third place um, at that car show. So, I mean, three real people. Smashed into one is who Vic yeah. is 
and that happens a lot. That's that's cool how they did that because he's always been very yeah. fascinating. Yeah, Vic, yeah, I love Vic, the Vic character and the Vic that the Vic um, actor too is just a really nice guy. His name is Roger Aaron Brown. Um, yeah, just a nice guy, fun guy. Cool. So um, Frankie Muniz played you in the film at that time. He was a rising star. Malcolm in the Middle had just come out on Fox, yep. I believe, around that time. Now, did you yeah. interact with him much? Uh, just to say that he is nothing like Malcolm. Nothing. Rumor, rumor is that he was nervous to meet us, so, which I thought was hilarious, because why in the world would you be nervous to meet us when you're Frankie Muniz? Um, but so rumor is that he was nervous to meet us. And yeah, we actually did spend one of my favorite stories. He was staying in the same hotel we were when we were out there to watch uh, the movie being filmed for a short time. He was in the same uh, hotel as we were. Mm-hmm. And at about 10 p.m. California time, we hear a knock on the door. Open the door. Here's Frank Nunez holding a basketball. And he's like, well, my mom went out somewhere and I'm bored. So we're all kind of like, um, um, (laughs) okay, do you want to come in and play a game? And sure, sure. And sure enough, so he comes in, we end up playing, do you know the game Spoons? Um, not exactly. Maybe. Okay. Well, if, at least where, where I come from, mm-hmm. it's not exactly a, it's almost a contact sport. Okay. Um, where you, um, real quick, you have spoons in the middle of the table. You are, you are um, passing around cards as fast as you can. Once you get four cards in the same number, you grab a spoon as fast as you possibly can and someone is left without a spoon, and they get a point. You don't want points. Anyway, we played that with him until about, I think it was 1 a.m. California time. No, 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 I think it was about midnight California time, which is 2 a.m. my time. So we were so tired. What are we going to do? Franklin unit. Are we going to kick Frankie out of our, you know, you're not going to do that. Yeah, sorry, you need to leave. We're tired. You know, here's this rising star who wants attention. And <clears throat> and we're ready for bed. So anyway, that's just a fun story. But no, he, he was a nice guy, nice kid, but very shy. Very shy. Mm-hmm. Oh, very but yeah, so we... we Yes, we played games with Frankie Muniz in our hotel room till 2 a.m. Indiana time. Wow, now that's a sentence. Jeez. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> anyway. um, do you talk to any of the um, cast members to this day? Um, not, no. no. Um, I am f- Facebook friends with one of them, and... You know, but but no, I'd say not. Um, like I said, I'm Facebook friends with one of them, and he's actually a pastor now, which is kind of cool. Really? Yeah. Yep. 
Wow, that's so cool. Man, it's amazing how things change over time, you know? So, like, back then... Oh, oh, what? Sorry. Sorry sorry to interrupt you. That just reminded me of a story. Um, Yeah, okay, so one of the actors, uh, Patrick Levis, the gentleman who plays my brother, he is now a a pastor. um, And it was interesting because... Two things happened that stuck out in my that stick out in my brain. One, we were there on Wednesday, but Patrick told his director that he had to go early, he had to leave early so he could go to youth group. Really? I thought that was ball. I thought that was ballsy. You're gonna tell your basically your boss in Hollywood that like you have to leave because you have to go to church. Whoa! So good, good for him. That's crazy. And then two, yeah, right. And then two, I remember uh, he liked the band Cayman's Call. You know that name? That name rings a bell. Yeah, it's a, it was a Christian band in the nineties. Um, anyway, well, I was—I mean, I was the only Christian music growing up. Um, so anyway, we had that in common, and yeah, we really enjoyed spending time with, uh, getting to know Patrick. He was a yeah Christian Christian guy, uh, and it was funny. My mom, he asked us, "Do we have faith? Are we are we believers?" Well, okay, we're in L.A., we're in Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. anyway, but it was. I mean, he was a great guy, great guy. And so anyway, answer your question. Yeah, I'm friends with him on Facebook. I love these stories, dude. These are great. So growing up, um, and you earlier mentioned that sports were very for fun for disabled people in your area. And same thing with my area as well. But overall, um, what were sports for disabled people like in the 90s? I mean, we already had Special Olympics that was around for a while. The Paralympics have been around for a little while as well. But what was it like from your perspective? And for those for those listening right yeah. now, you may hear a chainsaw in the background. On, on my property, we're getting rid of some trees. And so I'm, I'm from Wisconsin, as you know. So um, we inspired the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that may be a lot to do with it. Um, Ed Gein was from here. That's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, yeah, anyway. Sorry, Justin, go ahead. No, you know, I'm in excitement. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I'm definitely, too, I'm from rural northern Indiana. Um, So as far as adaptive sports, I think that in the 90s, which... I just have to say, every time you say in the 90s, it sounds like you're making it sound like it was so long ago. It wasn't that long ago. It was my lifetime, man. Um, anyway. You know, it feels longer to me because I was born in 93. See, that's just wrong. I know. It's just it is. So I'm just a baby. <laughs> no, my word. Yeah. That's, uh, anyway, you're going to depress me. Um, 
But so, okay, so being from rural northern Indiana, I mean, that's kind of like strike one right there. <clears throat> um, but I think that, um, and this is all coming from the eyes of a child, you remember? Yes, because I was a child in the 90s. So, I mean, I was involved in things like, I mean, I was involved with our our Spanish Victor Association, had a local, a local chapter that I was involved in. So they got together and went to places like Chucky Cheese or, um, for those of you who don't know what Chucky Cheese is, shame on you. Um, All right. Yeah. Um, um, may I ask a so, question in between, by the way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before going back to 90s disabled sports, mm-hmm. uh, before going back to that, um, so I know I should have asked you this right away, but you grew up with spina bifida and hydrocephalus? Perfect. Yep. Oh, thank God I pronounced it right. Uh-huh. So, uh, yep. On this question, on this tangent question, what was growing up with that like? Oh, man. Uh huh. Well, one can argue that it sucked majorly, um, but again, I didn't. I I guess it was my family, you know, my parents, or I didn't know that it sucked. I mean, like, so you know, by the age of fifteen, I I had had, gosh, close to like thirty or thirty-five surgeries, you know. So I was in the hospital a lot growing up, but I didn't see that as, I don't remember seeing that as odd, or I remember seeing that as, quote, not normal. That was just life. That's what my life was like. And here we go, and this is how it's going to be, and here we go. Um. But yeah, so so I'm a shunt, and for those of you who don't know what a shunt is, all humans have spinal fluid on their on their brain. A- able-bodied people and people without hydrocephalus, their that spinal fluid stays at a constant rate and a constant amount. But because of a hydrocephalus, that fluid would just keep building up and building up and building up and building up until my, I don't know, head exploded or something. Um, so the shunt keeps it at that constant rate for right, me. Right, right. Um, so what was my point? Oh, my point was that, so for some lucky reason, um, in the 90s, of course, technology wasn't as good. So my shunt kept malfunctioning and stopping and not working and all this stuff. Well, back then, you're basically your only choice was to have it replaced. So that meant pretty much brain surgery. Um, so I've, I've had my shunt replaced, gosh. 18 times, 20 times. Um, I've had it replaced a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, man, of course. That's 
Yeah. So, so, so buying car parts. Yeah. Right. 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 But now, praise the Lord, uh, with technology, the current chunk that I have is programmable. Put it like a magnet type thing up to my head and push a button. And what that will do is, if let's say the shunt is draining too fast, well, it will make it drain a little bit faster. I mean, slower. If it's draining too slow, we can make it drain faster. So that really saves you from having to have it replaced every single time it's not necessarily working right. Right, man. Yeah, thank God for that advancement, and that you can just do it like that. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty impressive and a little bit freaky that if you put a magnet up to my head, you can really screw me over. Right. Speaking of surgeries, um, in the film Miracle Lane Two, you have a surgery right before mm-hmm. Nationals, and was that really a surgery mm-hmm. right before Nationals? Yes, that actually pretty much definitely happened. The one thing that the movie changed that I I like to give my dad a, a whole bunch of grief about is that I was going in a race, I was in a race, and I told my father I had a headache. I told him that my head didn't feel good. And he's like, well, just do it one more time, one more time. And so I went and go down, you know, I would do a heat and I'd win. And he'd say, one more time. And I'd go down and win again. And so in real life, I actually won and was able, was supposed to go to nationals. But then I got sick and ended up in the hospital for a month and a half. So they kind of flip-flopped it in the movie. In the movie, I didn't win because it crashed. Well, no. What really happened was I actually did win and then got sick because I told my father I had a headache. And mm-hmm. our competitive nature, our competitive nature won out and <laughs> keep going, keep going, fight through it, fight through it. So I, I like to give him a bunch of crap about that. Good, keep doing it. That's hilarious. That's it. <laughs> Right, right. Now, um, did you being involved with Soulbox Derby Racing, did that and you um, having to be adapted with the handbrake, and they called it the Justin brake. And so (laughs) back then, that was a no-no. Is that right? A handbrake? That, again, coming from a kid, do I truly know the details? No, but now I mean that's my understanding. Yeah, the story goes that. Oh, uh, see, and even now, as an adult, I don't even know the details because my parents just didn't let me worry about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as I know, they just they had problems with it. And yeah, it wasn't allowed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I mean. Oh, I was just going to say, because I'm pretty sure, and I guess it's the same with Pinewood Derby almost, but the thing about, the thing that makes Soapbox Derby competitive and fun for 
anyone, but specifically a disabled kid, is that in in theory, everybody's car is exactly the same. Right. So now you have to figure out, okay, what can I do within the rules that's going to give me a competitive edge? How in the world am I going to give myself an edge without cheating? Mm-hmm. Well, so I, so I think to them, having a handbrake when no one else has a handbrake was just kind of a, a new thing that, that no one was, you know, we're all supposed to be the same. I mean, everything is supposed to be, at least that's my take on it. Again, at the time I was a child, so I don't really know. But right. yes, there was a stain. There was a stain. Yeah, there was always something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Is it still the Justin break? Um, I honestly do not know. I think they have evolved. Um, because the sport has really changed. Oh my goodness. Oh, what's it like now? Um, well, so just for example, I mean, like. When I when I went to the All American or to Nationals, you went for you went to a camp for a week. Like it was a whole week long process, and you were at a camp without your parents and all that stuff. Pretty sure that's no more. Like that doesn't exist. Um, apparently, there's a division now. Actually, a couple of divisions that you can race in at any age. Like, I can literally build a car right now and go race at 33 years old. Um, what else? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's really changed. Like, and I think, again, from my perspective, this is not as good, but it's become a lot more, um, I don't want to say friendly because it was always friendly, but it's become a lot more. Okay, we're just racing for fun. Well, no, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad more people can be involved. I'm happy about that. But just the competitive guy in me, there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with healthy, friendly competition, and so yeah, exactly. I kind of miss that. I kind of missed that part of it. Mm-hmm. Do you still have your your old car, and do you have your race at all, or ridden it recently? <laughs> my parents have it. Um, no, they're, they're sitting in the barn at my parents' house, um, and I don't fit in them anymore. My shoulders right. are too wide. Um, but I have them. I own. I mean, well, okay, my parents have them. Um, so yeah, I still have them. That's cool, man. And um, how often do you watch the movie? Oh my word, I avoid it as much as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love it. I love that it was made. And I mm-hmm. love that people. I mean, that is phenomenal. I love that. But after you've seen it thirty times. It just, it, it, yeah, no. Oh, and, I mean, and 
in all honesty, I mean, there are things in there that I don't really want people to know. You know, I don't really, I mean, there are things in there that, especially as a child, I'm just like, yeah, they don't need to know that. So, I mean, not that I'm embarrassed by the movie at all. I mean, I am so blessed to have a movie made about me. But, yeah, there are some things in there that I just wish people just didn't need to know. (laughs) What would that be? (laughs) Nice try. No, just kidding. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, like any disabled person, I think, who is disabled from the waist down, okay, just think that through. That means you probably have some issues with your bowels and your bladder, which is just, you know, can be embarrassing. Um, and then when we does talk about that, it does it in a really good way, or in a really tasteful way, but it, but it does mention it. I remember that. And now. so, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it does it in a, t- it does it in a tasteful way. But it's still something you don't want everyone to know. Yeah, I hear it. I was like that too when I was younger. Right. You know, so I mean, so what was going to be my point? Um, just that, oh, do I watch the movie? No, I mean, I, I've just seen it so many times. Man, have I seen it so many times. So. But if 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 kids want to watch it with me, if anyone wants to watch it, oh my word, yeah, I'll watch it with <clears throat> excuse me, I'll watch it with them no problem. I don't mind that at all. And it's and what's more fun for me is like this, like this kind of stuff, where I'm much rather watch the movie and like turn the volume down and just talk about oh yeah, in this scene, da 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 da. In this scene, the real life thing is, the, 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 you know, you're like in commentary. Yeah, right. That, <laughs> I'm, right, that I love doing. That right. is fun. But to watch the movie and just sit down and enjoy it, mm, I've seen it a few too many times. Right. And uh, kind of going back to what we talked about earlier about being disabled and wanting to be in competitive sports versus being in sports just for fun oh, right. and how much it's changed now. Um, I was kind of I was kind of like that in a way when I was 11, um, not to make me feel old, but I was 11 in 2004. Uh, 2004, I was 11 years old. I'm 27 now, and I'm sorry. And uh, um, so we have a local baseball team um, that's uh-huh. in what's called a challenger division. Exactly, yeah. Right, and you're a yep. Midwest guy too, so maybe it's somewhat similar. Yep. I don't know, but yeah, yep. we have that Probably too. Is. I did it for a summer. I mean, I liked it. It was fun, and the, the other kids were great. The volunteers and the organizers were wonderful. I don't know, um, yep. but I was, I was kind of, at first, um, I, in retrospect, I, I appreciate it now, but now it's like, mm-hmm. um, I wish it was like, at that time, I was, you know, I was I was a kid. I wanted. I wanted it to be uh, competitive, right. and like a sport, right. and like we won a game, and not that 
everybody wins and it's like oh okay you know <laughs> yeah that would drive me bonkers no i was just i was a dumb kid then but nowadays yeah. it's just well, amazing how much i was i was just gonna say real quick i was in challenge in the league i did the same thing for i think just one summer and yeah it was the same thing we didn't keep score everybody batted there was no outs yep and in my brain, it was like, this isn't baseball. This is, I don't know what this is. <laughs> right, like, I love it that, I love it in the sense that it gives disabled kids a chance to feel like they're on a team, and that's wonderful. Oh, sure. Was at the time, doubt. I was like, like, how does this work? Uh-huh. I, I was just, like, I was with you. I was like, this isn't baseball. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, like, what do you mean you don't know what the score is? What do you mean you don't care what the score? What? 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 No. Right. Wait, what, what do you mean I'm not out? What do you mean I'm not out? You just caught the ball. I'm out. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, like I, I hit a single once. Okay, like the way I did it was, um, so I, I have spinal muscular atrophy, so my muscles are weak. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. week, and so I can't yep. hold a regular bat, a metal bat, whatever, right? Or aluminum, whatever. Uh-huh. And so, yep. what I did was for my bat, I had um, at my home, I had a plastic toy bat that operate had a button on it for a toy, not a real pitching machine, but a toy pitching machine. So back uh-huh. then, my arms could still move a little bit. I could still hold that, and like my okay. video game controllers very well at that time. Huh. So, including a baseball bat. So I used that baseball bat as, well, my one and only yeah. bat. And so I used right. that, and yeah, yeah. I think they even used the plastic balls that I gave them. Oh, really? So like, that oh, was like cool, like, now that I think about it. So I used that. I mean, yeah. I hit a single, I went all the way around, and then I they still hit me on the shoulder, like tapped me with the ball. I'm like, I'm out, right. but I still all the way went around. I'm, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Right. You know. So, right. I mean, so, so, and I understand there has to be a balance between letting someone be involved, but also, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, life is not going to be the same. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's just the way, you know, it's the way God made you. That's the way you were dealt. You know, those are the cards you were dealt. Amen. Don't dwell on it. Don't, yeah, don't dwell on it. Just mm-hmm. move forward. I mean, yeah. And so, I guess what's my point with that? But like, Okay, so I can't play football. Big deal. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, big deal. Life can be a lot worse than not being able to play football. Mm-hmm. Or, or baseball or hardball for that matter. Right, right. Just don't throw up on the coach or whoever that was. <laughs> and see, that never happened. That never happened either. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Uh, I had to bring that up just once. Yeah. Oh, no, that's like everyone's favorite scene. Did you really do that? No, no, didn't really do that. Just, 
just have a really bad gag reflex. And if something goes in my mouth that I don't like, it will come back up. Okay. <laughs> Wait, and that's actually not that true. As as a child, as a child, if it went in my mouth and I didn't like it, yeah, it was coming back up. Right now, it's more. I know better than to. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to try that because you don't really want me to. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't want the consequences of me trying something I don't like. Right, I think that's really great as well that you never let sports fall away from your life, that you're still involved with sports in some way, shape, or form. And uh, kind of similar, um, sports came back into my disabled life as well a little bit later in my early 20s. Yeah, my brother-in-law, my first brother-in-law, um, who married my eldest sister, um, he's a big sports guy. He's a, he's a runner and he's a dirt bike kind of guy. And so that's like his whole life was that. So when that kind of came back into my life, that was interesting because, you know, like I wish I could do some of that stuff with him. And the way things are different now, it kind of did. Um, A few years into their marriage, he introduced me. You might have heard of this. It's a program called My Team Triumph. Uh Uh-huh. Ever heard that? Okay, it's pretty cool. It's kind of like an entire program you could say it's based off of Rick and Dick Hoyt. You know who they are? Those names sound familiar. I don't know why. That's with um, the dad who has his son from Rick. Yes. And they go running? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So cool. They go, um, yeah. He's, his son yeah. is mentally challenged, but he always yes. wanted his uh-huh. son to be feel one with the other competitive, like, Athletics yes. being sports. So they do like the triathlons and the marathons. Right. Because yes. it's crazy. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And anyways, got him in like the, the bicycle with the chair in the front and yep. going along on the highways and I'm pulling him along on a boat when he's doing the swimming and in a running yeah, chair. That's that and that's where my team triumph comes, where um a lot okay. of it is the running okay. chairs. So you have the volunteers that do the running. They're called their angels. Um, the guy huh. that is either the owner or the head of the Wisconsin chapter. His name is Christian, and he's hmm. also a believer. And so it's based off of Christian principles. It's so cool. And so they have all, they have all these events every year where they have athletes that run and biking, and they hook these chairs up to the either with the runners or with bikers and they i was one of the uh, captains they call the um uh-huh. disabled people the captains and oh, so okay. i did that a few times and it's so huh. cool it's amazing how they have all these programs that are like that now to get disabled people more assimilated mm-hmm. into that and i'm so thankful right. for my brother-in-law getting me involved with that yeah sure and you know it's just very similar and it's cool but yeah that's how that's what's going on over here with um disability and athletics and all that Hmm. but with everything you've been through in your life um you know you had spinal bifida you had hydrocephalus 
um, you wanted to um, be competitive, you wanted to have your own trophy, and you had stuff with your family, like both of us did with growing up with siblings and the siblings struggling because the disabled child gets all the attention and all that, and your soapbox derby races and more and all of that. How did, um, how did all of that change you to who you are now? Personally, oh spiritually, your faith in the Lord, everything. So here's what I would say like now as an adult, you don't realize stuff. I didn't realize stuff until way later, you know, and I think that that's interesting. I think that I didn't realize how I was being shaped. I didn't realize how I was being tested and my face was being tested and all that stuff until, you know, 20 years after the fact, 15 years after the fact. But now looking right. back, back on it, I immediately go, whoa, way to go, God. You knew exactly what you were doing. Whoa. You know, I mean, borderline creepy. You know, it's like, well, holy crap. So that's what you were doing. Oh, okay, that makes sense now. So I think what it's done for me is strengthen my faith in a way that just be patient. Don't worry. Don't sweat things. Try not to sweat stuff. God knows what he's doing. Chill out. <laughs> it's freaking hard. It, it's, it's freaking hard, but but from what I've come through, and what you know, I mean, I've seen it happen. It's proof. I, I you know, with, without my disability, without all of my surgeries, without some of the crap that I've been through, the movie wouldn't have happened. Um, without the movie, I wouldn't have an opportunity to talk to talk to people like you and have children come up to me and parents come up to me and be like, you know, you're so inspiring, which is really strange. Um, but I mean, so, you know, I mean, so because of the crap I went through, good things happened. Mm-hmm. Which sounds interesting, but you know, and I feel like, <clears throat> but I give a lot of credit to to my parents. I mean, they me too. Yes. Did a gr- they did a great job of not, for lack of better words, not making my disability a big deal. I mean, it was. Okay, he has this disability. Here we go, and there's nothing wrong with you, and you're just gonna live your life because that's what we do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know if that like answers your question, but at the same time, that's just the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, man, it does answer the question perfectly. And I, I like the dynamic you talk about with, you know, that's life. And I went to, you're saying how, um, yeah, I had a disability, but that doesn't mean I'm not immune to the same problems as anybody else. Now, now with that, with that being said, I think, I mean, I want to also make it quite clear that having a disability sucks. Right. I mean, it is not fun. Right. But it doesn't mean that you have to wallow in it. You can find some pretty great things about being disabled. For example, I mean, I take advantage of going to theme parks and going to uh, like Disney World and stuff and getting to go to the front of the line. Yeah, I take advantage of that. Why? Because I'm disabled and you're not, and so there. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I recently found out that I, as a disabled person, can get into any national park for free anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I am kind of a cheapskate, too, in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I play the I the I play the disabled card a lot. That's oh, good. But look at me! I'm a little boy in a wheelchair. Oh no! <laughs> you know right. what I'm you're gonna, doing gonna, exactly. Yeah, I'm gonna melt. I'm gonna melt, melt that for all it's worth. Um, it's funny you bring up the Disney and getting in line and the rides and skipping the lines and stuff because. Um, Almost a year ago, it's, it's a funny story. Um, so my yeah. other sister, she just got married. Um, she has a really hot best friend and uh-huh. she's single. And so I made a joke to her. I was texting her one day. I was like, hey, like your friend is super hot. Um, set me up with her, you know, something stupid like that. And she's like, uh-huh. get in line, LOL. And I'm like, um, excuse me, disabled people can skip the line. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> that is Nothing awesome. ever came about. Nothing came about. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was a good shot, for real. But whatever. Oh, yeah. No, I... Man, yeah. I gotta... Yeah, shoot. Hmm. And then, so, uh, when you look at all that and how... In my eye, in my eyes at least, and especially at the time, um, you made you were a good trailblazer, no pun intended, for how disabled people <laughs> are to be involved in athletics. At least one of them, right. besides other things. But like today, what would you say to a wheelchair kid or any other kind of disabled kid out there that wants to be in competitive sports? If it's something you want, don't let it stop you. And I would also say that the only, and this is like my new motto, is the only person that can tell you what you can and cannot do is yourself. Mm -hmm. And your parents are allowed to tell you what you're not allowed to do, but they can't tell you that you can't physically do something. 
Mm-hmm. Only you can tell yourself you can't physically do something. Mm-hmm. At least that's my something I think is very important for disabled individuals, disabled people to believe in is that no. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't like it when people tell me no. No, mm-hmm. don't you tell me I can't do that. Uh-uh. It's a great motivator for me is to have someone say, you can't do that. Ooh, okay, it's on now. Yeah, now you unlocked the beast. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Now, <laughs> now, now I'm just going to do it just to prove you wrong. <laughs> yes, sir, and um, right. yeah, your so, faith I mean, has really brought you with that. With Your faith really brought you along in competition. You're married now. Um, you have previously completed college. You have a full-time job. So seriously, it's like, just keep going, you know? Right. Technically, I didn't graduate, but hey, no one needs to know that. Well, they will now. Uh, uh, oh, well, I don't really. I mean, well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic I have issues with. Exactly, man. Well, you know what, man? I think we covered pretty much everything. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head. I just appreciate taking you taking the time to reach out. Uh, mm-hmm. I always enjoy doing these things, which I know sounds a little bit self-centered, but I I enjoy I enjoy talking about it. I enjoy talking about my experience and where it has led me. I enjoy, I mean, yeah, if it gives hope to anyone. And yeah, if it gives hope to anyone, well then mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. See, and then there, there it goes again. Good job, God, you knew what you were, you knew what you were doing. Took 30 years, but you knew what you were doing, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah. It, Absolutely, man. You know what, um, Justin, thank you so much for being on my podcast and just sharing your story of the soapbox derby races and um, Disney Channel making a movie out of your story and all, all the fun stuff in between and your faith and just being very vulnerable on the show today. And just, I appreciate it. It's, that's what I like to hear. That's what I'm here for. And um, Seriously, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. Anytime. Bring me back. I'll do Miracle on Lane 2.0. Yeah. Yeah, now that... I always joke with with everybody how, like, let's see. So now I have to, like, somehow break my back and it fixes my legs and then... I somehow win the Boston Marathon. That would make a good movie, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. Miracle and Lane 2.0. Anyway. Yeah, I'm always trying to figure out what the sequel is going to be. What is the sequel to Miracle and Lane 2? I was always kind of stupid when I was younger, and I always thought, like, I'm like where's Miracle and Lane 1? Where's the original? What's this? Right. Exactly. No. No, you're so right. Yes. People have done that to me. They're like, so why lane two? Why not lane one? Mm-hmm. Anyway. 
Yeah, no, that's so true. So yeah, I gotta figure out something to do to make. So I'll make a prequel. Oh, but I'm older now, so that won't work. Crap. <laughs> Maybe I'll do something. I don't know. My nephews will do something pretty cool, and that yeah. can be the prequel. Right on, man. Well, hey, man. Thank you again so much. God bless you, and stay classy. Yeah, yeah, you have a good one. Thanks so much. Yep. Talk to you soon, man. See you later. All right, my beautiful Crips and Walkers. That was Justin Yoder. And all I have to say is, wow, what an incredible story. And what he said at the end there is very true. No matter what you're doing in life, who you are, what you're going through, disabled, non-disabled, just keep going. You're going to make it. God has you, you're going to reach your goals, and especially, never allow anyone to tell you no, to tell you you can't do it, and to tell you that it will never happen. Because if you put your mind to it, as they say in Back to the Future, you can accomplish anything. With all that said, and you like what you heard on today's episode, please continue supporting the show at patreon.com slash handy schlaft that's patreon.com slash h-a-n-d-i-s-c-h-l-a-p-p-e-d and i want to thank you all so much for listening and i'm going to be taking a break for a couple of weeks because i have surgery coming up so i'm gonna be a little bit out of it but until then god bless you and take care see you in the next one